this computer. And once again, this is Jay Taft with your weekly sports podcast, Not Just a Game. Uh, this week we have Lena Winslow head football coach Rick Arend, and not just head football coach, but we're talking about 24 seasons, 22 state playoff appearances, I believe. Is it 24 seasons now, Rick? Uh, yes, I think so. <laughs> it's hard to keep track when you get to those numbers, but then you look at the only two years when you haven't made the playoffs. Um, you've got four state titles in the last 11 years, including last year. Um, you've just, you've just been an amazing leader over there at Lena Winslow and been able to get the best out of your boys. It's incredible. Um, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. I hope you and your family, everybody's safe and healthy right now. We are, we are just, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of going through the whole process like everybody else is with the whole COVID thing and, uh, you know, trying to beat the heat from this summer. And, um, you know, so it's kind of, as they used to say, it's kind of the dog days of summer right now. And, um, you know, hoping to, waiting to go back to school or hopefully go back to school and waiting to hear what the IHSA and Governor Prisker and, you know, the Department of Health have to say about football. But, you know, we're taking it one step at a time, one day at a time. Kids are working hard in the weight room and on the track. And, you know, if and when we get called, we'll be ready to go, I think. Boy, there's so much up in the air. It's such a different time that we're living in right now. Um, first, though, I want to rewind. Uh, such an impressive resume. Uh, just talk a little bit about um, that resume a little bit. Just give us a little take on what it took to get those four state titles. What, what's your magic recipe over there um, in, in the past years? Well, if we had a recipe, I would have started baking that about 13 years before we did in 2010 and see what, you know, what really shook out. But uh, I tell you what, when, uh, when I took the head coaching job 24 years ago, um, Lee Wynn football prior to that had had a couple successful seasons under a guy by the name of John Wallace, who now lives up in Verona, Wisconsin. John's still a good friend of mine. Um, I coached with John for four or five years, five years, I believe. And he really brought Lee Wynn football kind of out of the, you know, they were in the cellar. They were, they were in bad, bad shape. Uh, barely enough numbers to field a varsity team, much less a, a fresh software JV team. And so he really bailed Lee Wynn football out and got him back to be competitive. Uh, his last two seasons, uh, which I can't even tell you what years those were, but uh, he took them to the playoffs, uh, actually beat a pretty good Duran team his last season, I believe, and got beat by Sterling Newman on their way to a state championship. But So he really got it started and then um, had, had a mediocre year, I believe his last year, and then he decided to get out of teaching and coaching and um, went into something where he actually made a little bit of money. And uh, so – I got asked to take the job, and so I took it. And, you know, at that point in time, I really had no idea. And maybe some, sometimes right now I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And, uh, and some people will tell you that's still true to this day. But, um, you know, we were able to 
it, in my eyes, all of our success is due in large part to our coaching staff. Um, Coach Milder, who's our defensive coordinator, he was he he stepped in that very first year with me and and ran our defense. Uh, coach Arndt, who has been a longtime uh, fresh soft coach for us, just retired this year, is going to stay on and coach, but he was coaching at that time. And then gradually the pieces started to fill in. And so really the coaching staff we have right now has probably been together for the better part of 20 years, 20 plus years. Wow. And so, and that includes down at the junior high level as well. Uh, Coach Warhane does a great job with those kids. Uh, he's an elementary teacher, so he's very, very patient, which needs to be done at the junior high level. And so I really attribute all our success to that that group of guys of us staying together. We understand one another. Um, there's there's no egos egos to be fought with in there, and, and everybody has the betterment of the program or whatever task is at hand at that time in mind. And and then you a throw lot some, can be said for consistency at that. Oh, point. oh, yeah. And, you know, we speak at a lot of clinics nowadays. Uh, winning kind of had kind of does that for you. But every every boys head coach in our school district is also on our football staff. So I know, you know, you get a lot of coaches complaining about, you know, their basketball coaches pushing kids to AAU. Um, the baseball coach wants them playing baseball all summer and all spring and all fall and fall leagues. And we don't have any of those issues. During football, we play football. During basketball, we play basketball. And all of our coaches are part of the weight room, so in the summertime. And so that's really, I'll be honest with you, I think that's has been the key to our success. You know, we've had some great athletes uh, step up. But, um, you know, I think do – the, the coaching staff itself and the kids' willingness to really do whatever we're asking them to do has really been the key to our success. Well, 215 wins um, says you're doing a heck of a lot right over there. Um, and like you say, the consistency in the staff, I mean, it's, it's almost unheard of. You just don't see it at any level to get that type of consistency for a coaching staff throughout all of the levels. Um, that's just, it's just impressive to see. And that means, you know, that goes from the top to the bottom. So obviously you're doing something um, on the top there really well. Give me a little take on last year and what made last year special other than the fact that it was right before this cra crazy COVID hit. Um, but, uh, you know, you took that team to another state championship and I know each one is special in its own way. Um, give us a little take on last year. Well, I think last year really started, um, in 2018, uh, you know, we got beaten the semifinals by a very good Forreston team and can't take anything away from them because they went on to 40 point, a very good, um, Camp Point Central team, the state championship game. But our kids were, you know, I, I think after that game, our kids were so disappointed in how we played and the outcome of the game. Um, uh, I know I was disappointed in myself. I'm still disappointed in that season. Um, and, you know, we got beat in the semifinal game. So I, don't, I think most teams would be pretty excited to, to make it to the semifinals. But I think two things, I think, Number one, we had a chip on our shoulder from, you know, the previous fall. 
going into last year. And I think not only as a coaching staff, but the kids did. And then probably the, probably the most amazing thing about the year was I think our kids had, had a, um, a target on their chest from the word go. I think everybody expected with Sean Armiston and Isaiah Bruce coming back and two kids who are, who are now are both at the university of Iowa and, and Jenny, you know, we had, we had two kids already committed to Iowa previous to that with Jennings Dunker and Isaiah. Um, so I think we were kind of a marked team from the word go. And, you know, every, every challenge that we encountered, our kids stepped up to and, and not only stepped up to the challenge, but really obliviated the competition for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of things had to do with it. I think it was their willingness uh, to do those things and their, and their uh, mental toughness, but also, you know, you have to have a little luck involved and really, you know, our luck was we hardly had an injury all year long Mm -hmm. and that you don't see that happen very often. And I could go back to 2017 was the same way. We didn't have an injury really all year long. I think last year we had one starter miss one game all year long. Wow. So so there's always a little luck involved. And, and you had the depth, too. You were a deep team, which probably maybe helped keep you injured. Right, right. And, you know, with all that being said and with, with all the, uh, you know, the, the blowouts that we had, you know, that created a lot of playing time for kids coming into this year as well. So, um, you know, hope, I, would, I would love to have a chance for our kids to defend that state title this year. Um, I think they would step up to the challenge um, and, you know, give it their best shot. There'd be a lot of good teams in this area, but, you know, God willing, I hope, hope we have an opportunity to have a chance to do that. Obviously. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about that shortly. Uh, um, Isaiah Bruce, such a beast. You stand next to the the kid and you feel like he's two kids. Um, he's going to, where are they going to put him? he could play five, six different positions, maybe even at the next level with the Hawkeyes. Yeah. His, you know, they, they, they really brought him in because, because he's such a great athlete. Um, You know, they knew he could probably play defensive end or defensive tackle, which I think they, I think right now they have him have in mind to keep him on the interior defensive line. Um, They like it. They like his explosiveness, and yeah, I think he's up in the 280s, 285 right now, yeah. out there. And um, but the the thing about Isaiah is, you know, when they when Iowa started recruiting him as a sophomore, he was about 220 pounds, and he was probably the second fastest kid on our team behind Ravion Valentine at that wow. time. Wow. And as he got older, and he got bigger, and he got stronger, he continued to get faster, and so. Um, you know, he was running in the springtime. He was running in the four sixes yet in the 40, and that was at 275 pounds, you know, just under 6'2", probably. And so they really like his athleticism. And I know when he, when he gets out there, when he got out there in, at the end of June or middle of June, you know, he probably found out there's a lot of Isaiah Bruce's in the world. But he, <laughs> he, still, is, he still is a package that Iowa really likes. And, um, you know, and obviously they like him because he's such a great athlete. Yeah, I don't know about how many exactly that type right. of specimen. He's just... We'd certainly take another one if anybody's oh, got one. Oh, God. Oh. 
And just and I would love to see them get the ball in that kid's hands, put him at tight end, or right. you were using him at running back just because you had to, he had to have his touches, right? Yeah, and you know, he, you know, like I said, he's such a great athlete. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't run like a two hundred and seventy five pound kid. He ran like a hundred and seventy five pound kid, and you know, then the size and the strength to go with it, and then you know. As soon as he got a crease, he was gone because of his, you know, because of his God-given speed, you know. So he's Very definitely unique. he was a unique player to coach. Oh for sure. gosh, and unique, fun to watch. Good, yeah, good heavens, it's going to be fun to watch at the next level. And I assume you're going to be pumping more and more of them out. I mean, you mentioned um, Ravion Valentine, and he's moved on now from player to coach. It sounds like over at NIU. Yeah. Um, but another unique athlete that's come out of Lee Wynn here lately. Yeah. Uh, Rob was – Rob, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, Rob, yeah. But uh, Rob had, had – you know, he was a marked man since he was in really junior high elementary school. Everybody around the area from junior tackle football knew who he was, knew him by first name, and they knew him because he was lightning fast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as he grew older – into high school, um, you know, we had never we had never played a kid as a freshman until Ravion came along, and um, we were in dire need. We we're I think I think it was week nine at Aquin. We were down. I think it might have been twenty one or twenty four nothing in the first quarter, and we were hurting. They had us down and out. Aiden Aiden Chang was their quarterback at that time, so they had a pretty nice team, and. Uh, you know, our, our fresh soft coach, Coach Arndt, he just said, you got you to make a change. You got to put Rob in the game. And Ravion at that time was a, all of probably 135 pounds, but he was <laughs> and uh, Like lightning. His first, his first, I believe his first three carries were long touchdown runs against Aquin. That was all in the first half. Brought us back to either being tied or up at half. And in that game, he had four carries for like 160 yards and three touchdowns. And so then he be, kind of came to a permanent fixture. Yeah, how can you take him out after that? <laughs> and we went on to have a pretty good season. We got beat in the quarterfinals at Galena, a game that was definitely within our reach. Uh, we had two fumbles on our last two possessions that killed it, and then they kicked a game-winning field goal to win it. And, um, so Ravion uh, – you know, he just continued to get better, and he had some injuries a sophomore and junior year, which ended up be, kind of being good for him. Uh, he was able to play on the defensive side of the ball more than the offensive side just because it was an ankle injury, and his his game was, you know, cutting and changing direction and speed, and it made him into a better defensive player, and a lot of people didn't know that Rabion, he was a first-team all-conference pick at on defense three years in a row, and um, then as a senior, obviously, he put it all together. Uh, he was injury-free and led us to – really, he – you know, if we don't have Ravion, we don't win a state championship because he made some he made some runs that nobody else that we've ever had could do. And, and one of them being, you know, a nail in the coffin touchdown run against Tuscola that, uh, you know, he was, he was dead to rights. He was going to be at about a three-yard loss, and he turns into about a 70-yard touchdown run. So – Lee win, lead win lore. 
Yeah. Great player and probably even, even a better person, you know, he, and you know, he had, he had great, uh, great aspirations at NIU and, and the coaching staff as well really loved him. And then last year he had, uh, he had three concussions from spring ball through the season and coach Hammond, uh, coach Hammock, he, uh, he did the right thing and said, Rob, you know what, if you're my son, I wouldn't let you play anymore, but I'll keep you on the coaching staff. So he's enjoying that right now. Yeah, I think he'll make a, a good transition. Like you say, just a neat young man. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. find a flaw in the years that I was around the kid. Just no. and great personality, you know, always had a smile, always has a smile on his face. And yeah. so, you know, lights up a room, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, again, it trickles down from the top. You, 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 uh, you put out a lot of athletes that, uh, people sh- just are, have trouble not respecting. I mean, it's it's impressive what you teach over there, and it, it shows through with your athletes. Let me say, let me ask you. Obviously, it's you know we have to hit what's going on here. How have you been coping with the pandemic um, as a as a human being, as a family man, as well as as a coach, and dealing with uh, these tricky past few weeks with trying to get things going again? Well, I got a lot of projects done around the house. Yeah. <laughs> I still got a long list to go, but you know how that, that list usually never ends. So, um, as I'm crossing one thing off, my wife's putting two or three more on and things like that. But, um, you know, we've had a lot of talks about it. My wife and I, as well as guys on our coaching staff and our friends, the pandemic hasn't been all bad. You know, it hasn't been a bad thing for people just to have to drop everything, you know, focus on being at home. Uh, You're with your kid. We have a a large family. We have six daughters. So we spent a lot of time together um, doing things that we've never done before, really, as 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 a grown family, you know, playing board games. Uh, We have a house up at Lake Wisconsin. We spent a lot of time. We've been going to the lake since March. I mean, Mm -hmm. we put our our boats in in March, which usually that happens at the end of May. And uh, so we've done a lot of cool things that we've never done before. Um, a lot of family bonding, bonding stuff. It's brought yeah. together in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, you know, you know, it's, I think it strengthens your family bond, even though you're probably ready to kill each other at one point in time. But, uh, but so it's been really good. It, you know, you hear, you hear some of the struggles that people have had at home with, you know, the homeschooling, the, you know, the online schooling, this and that. And I, I can honestly say we haven't had any of those problems that you hear people talk about. Um, it's just, it's been really good um, from that standpoint. And then I think from the athletic side of it, you know, I think we, and my family's guilty of it too. You know, you, you play travel softball, you play club volleyball, baseball, uh, AAU basketball. We've done it all as well. And so you're constantly on the run. And I think just all of those things being dropped at one time and people being able to focus on their families, I don't think that the, that, that has been a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe maybe that's somebody telling us that, hey, you got to slow things down in life a little bit too, you know. And so That's we a have, perspective for this. And, yeah. there, you know, you really can see it out there. Yeah. Well, we haven't, we haven't missed any of that hustle and bustle. You know, you're running from one practice to the next and dinner's on the stove or in the oven and you eat it when you get there and you might have to throw it in the microwave or 
you know, you never eat together and now here you, you know, everybody's together all the time. So, um, so we, I haven't missed that kind of stuff. And, uh, how old are your daughters, Rick? Uh, well, they're all out of high school now, except for one. Maya, Maya will be in seventh grade this year. So she's got a lot of older sisters to look up to and (laughs) things like that. But, um, so, you know, and, and even our older kids, you know, they're working from home now. So they're around a little bit more, you know, I've got one out at Iowa state yet going to school, but she's been around more just because of the whole COVID thing. And, um, so we, we have, even though, even though they're working, some of them are in their own, you know, adult lives. Now you see more of them and things like that. But from a football coaching standpoint, you know, I probably have spent more time with football stuff since March than I ever have, just because you've got that time you're at home. I've had coaches contacting me. We've done, I was telling you, I've done a little bit of the zoom stuff and, mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, we use Google at school, so we do Google meets and things like that. But, um, talking with coaches from, you know, around the state over the phone or through zoom or through Google, um, I've done a lot of that. So it, it has, has had my brain thinking more football than I usually do during that time, usually focused on going to, you know, one of the girls things or whatever. But, um, as far as our kids, our players, our our school has gone. Um, you know, our kids have been working pretty hard for the most part. Um, even, even dating back to March, we did some different things that I'm sure other schools were doing too, but I was sending them workouts, you know, over online and they were doing them. We, we bought additional, uh, exercise bands and issued those out to the kids and they were doing, they were doing, uh, workouts from home, just, you know, off their computer that we had set up and, um, and then some of them were still working out at home. They, you know, converted their garage into a weight room. We have several cases of that and they had their own little groups of three, four five guys that were working out every day. Um, I know coach Rickles, our track coach was giving out speed workouts like crazy. The kids were getting on the track and working out. And so when we finally came back to the weight room, it really wasn't much of a change from, what we had done in the past because the kids were main were, were for the most part, they were working out anyway. The only change was we didn't have 35 or 40 kids in the weight room all at one time. We had, we had eight and a couple of coaches, you know, because yeah. 10 and under thing. Mm-hmm. But we also found out one of the, you know, one of the good things that came out of that was we will probably never go back to working out as an entire team together. I know there's some things to be said for team bonding and things like that. But uh, for example, I think we have 32 varsity football players. And uh, so we were going four groups of eight kids and our kids were getting so much done in a short period of time and having fun with it, but able to focus a little bit more on what they were doing because there wasn't so many kids in the weight room. There wasn't so many distractions. And by the way, the masks aren't a bad thing either because they didn't want to talk because they were hot. So it was pretty quiet. It was just, <laughs> it was, it was the banging of metal and uh, music blaring in the background and not a whole lot of goof around because it's too dang hot to talk with the mascots. You're finding a lot of positives here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we finally doubled our groups up when they said to go, you could go 50 and under. So we doubled them up into groups of 16. And that's probably, that's probably as, as many kids as we'll ever work out in the off season together again, just because it's been so productive and we've gotten so much done. There's a lot of changes that have been made over these past four months that people 
agree they're going to be sticking with in the future. I agree. Um, I agree. Like these different ways of communicating for sure. Um, but it's, it, you know, and you've found a lot of positives, but yet we're still stuck in a, in a quandary here and in such a weird um, kind of holding pattern right now. Give me your take from someone who's, you know, had your ear and your nose and right trying to listen into everything that's been going on with the IHSA, the health department. Um, what, what is, what does your gut tell you is going to happen with this fall season and, and maybe even more so than your gut, are you getting a plan A, B and C ready? Um, for for what could come in August and later? Well, to be honest, as far as as us coming up with a plan, we I really haven't done anything with that. You know, it's we're gonna we're at the mercy of the state. You know, just this week the IHSA kind of uh, I don't know what you want to call it, passed the buck or or just you know said state you're in charge now of when we can come back and I I don't know anything more than what you know from reading. I haven't talked to anybody at the IHSA or anything like that, but I'm guessing a lot of that had to do, you know, based off of frustration, maybe with the IHSA trying to work with the Illinois Department of Health and Governor Pritzker and trying to get our plans, you know, working and up and approved and, approved and, and things yeah, like that, not getting the approval and having to go back, back and forth all the time. And I, I would guess, again, this is just my guess, is, is that the state finally just said, you know what, or the IHSA finally said, enough of that. You guys are, you just tell us when we're able to come back and what we're doing. And, and I think part of the frustrating part is I haven't, I haven't taken it as serious or been frustrated with it as, you know, I'm on Twitter once in a while and things like that, social media sites where coaches are really upset that, you know, there's AAU tournaments going on in Rockford and there's softball tournaments and baseball tournaments. And you got literally hundreds of people that are not social distancing, not in mass altogether in park and rec league stuff, but yet schools aren't allowed to do things. And so I think this really puts the ball in the state's court in the state's court saying, you know, if you're going to let that go on, how are you going to not let a football season or a volleyball season happen? Because right now what you're doing with all those other organizations and park districts and rec leagues and club sports, you're not allowing the schools to do. And I'll be honest with you, our weight room right now and our equipment is cleaner than it's ever been. It's probably cleaner than it was when we bought it, you know, because every time a kid leaves – is done with a weight, is done with a bar, a band, a rack, anything, you know, it's getting cleaned. So I guarantee you that our weight room is cleaner now than it's ever been. And we will, those will be things that another good thing that's come out of it is that'll carry over. We'll probably continue to clean equipment like that. You know, whereas before you just kind of took it for granted that, you know, every once in a while a kid gets sick, but it'll be okay and whatever. Um, we'll probably continue to do those things, but I got to believe that what we're doing in schools right now is probably equal to or better than what some of these other places are doing where they're holding contests all the time and tournaments. And so 
I think the ball is in the state's court now as far as, you know, what are you going to allow us to do? I don't know if there's a right answer and a wrong answer. You know, when I go out into public and go into stores, I wear a mask, not necessarily for myself, but for the, for the sake of other people that I don't want them, you know, elderly people and things like that. I, you know, my wife sent me to the grocery store the other day to get a handful of things and I got there and I opened the console of my, my pickup truck and my mask was not in there. It was at home. So I called her and said, I, you know, right before I was ready to get out of my truck, there was about five or six people older than me walking in that had masks on. And I called her. I said, I can't do it. I can't go in without a mask. I, I just wouldn't feel right. right. You know? And uh, so, you know, I think it's about protecting people, but I think also it's for the good of our kids and our schools to get back into school and to get back playing sports. Again, I don't know how to, I don't mind, right? Yeah. I don't know how to organize thoughts in my head to say what's right or what's wrong, mm-hmm. you know, but these, these kids are out socializing and hanging out with each other anyway. And the world has gotten so small with social media that, you know, if something's going on in, in Orangeville or Dakota, our kids know about it too and are going to be there, you know, whether it's a pool party or a party we don't want our kids at or whatever it might be, they're together anyway. So they're not, you know, they're not social distancing in, in a lot of ways. I think there's a lot of, a lot of people that are, but at the end of the day, you know, you got a kid that was at a party or at a pool party or in the weight room and you're trying to protect grandma and grandpa, but they come home anyway. And, you know, I think things are fine. I think pe- people are going to do what they have to do to keep, you know, the people in their families safe. And at the end of the day, really, it's probably a parent decision anyway. So if school is going to be mandatory and you have to be in school or you're giving parents the choice of online schooling or a combination, give parents the, the right to let their kid play football or volleyball or not play. You know, if they sign the waiver, let's do it. And again, in my mind, I'd, I'm not all about football. I'm not all about sports. That's for sure. But I'm not sure what's right and what's wrong. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I think a lot of people in that boat, um, unchartered waters is the phrase that people exactly. are using quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and it would you agree this next three weeks to a month absolutely critical in yeah what, in what we do as people as as decent human beings and what we do as a country and a state and a country absolutely critical in what is going to happen this fall yeah i I think so you know um it's a hard time of the year for people to stay at home, uh, wear a mask because it's hot out, you know, things like that. Social distance from family and friends. Um, you know, that's what you do in the summer. And uh, so it's hard for people to do that. Back in March when there was probably still snow on the ground, it's pretty easy to stay home. You know, it's cold and cold and clammy outside and you don't want to be out anyway. Um, so now it's a difficult time to do that. You know, you see some, you know, Walmart and, Costco and those places are requiring masks, you know, nationwide now and Starbucks and places like that. 
I don't think that that's a bad thing. You know, I don't, I don't know that just wearing a mask itself is the answer. Um, but I don't think it's a bad thing either. And again, you know, like I said, I'm not worried about myself. I'm worried about what I'm going to do to somebody else. And, I agree. I'm you know, in my mind, it's whatever, whatever I can do to slow or stop this right. to get exactly. our kids back to normal, to get our lives a little bit back to normal, whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, and here we go. Over the next few weeks, we're going to see if people get it. We're going to see if the virus gets it. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Rick, Aaron, you've been a great guest. I, I knew you would be. I really appreciate it. Lena Winslow, head football coach, four-time state championship head coach. Um, Rick, thank you so much. Stay safe. Thanks for having me on. This was this was fun. It's Good to get to talk to somebody you don't get to talk too much. And I appreciate and talk it. football and talk school. and Let's get together again soon and talk a lot more football. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Coach, and stay safe. Yeah, thank you.